Hello, and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, and as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication and thriving everything that you want to do. So on today's podcast, we're going to talk about how to talk to your provider. So many of you are navigating the healthcare system and you're not knowing and you don't know where to turn. You don't know what provider you need, but there's an element of that where you want to advocate for yourself, but you don't know what questions to ask. You don't know what information to provide to the person that's that's trying to help you, whether that's your primary care doctor or your neurologist, um, or, or maybe it's, it's someone outside of those two um, and, and they really do want to help, but you don't know what information to provide. Um, maybe they're, they're someone that you're not sure if they can actually help you, but you just want to help them get there to the level of understanding, or you want to encourage them to get to that, that place where they shift in their mindset. And it's not just medication, but it's how do I get this person to the right referral source, or how do I help them find the alternative approach that they're looking for? And so what we're going to talk about on the podcast today is what to say in your history, meaning like your story of how you got to this point of being in their office and you have headaches or migraines. How do you advocate for yourself? What questions do you ask that provider that uh, will help you uh, in in the whole process of trying to find a solution, and it'll help you understand who they are as a provider. That's going to be the next section is questions could, to get to know your provider. So we want you to feel like you can interview your provider. Advocating for yourself means that you uh, you find the right provider, and and not all providers are going to be the right fit. In our healthcare system today, we have this uh, sense of the provider knows what they're talking about. You as the patient just need to sort of submit um, or take a back seat to whatever recommendation comes from the provider. But what we talk about on this podcast is empowering people. So a lot of that empowerment comes from you and patients have um, an innate sense of knowing what they need. We understand our bodies. We understand what when, when we're ill, when we have a, a physical issue, the, the best providers will actually listen to the patient uh, because in there, in, in their story, in what they're telling you, when someone comes in and said, I feel like this is, there's something here. And that happens to be for a lot of people with headaches and migraines, it feels like there's a neck issue, but Basically, what we're looking for is the provider that's empathetic and able to help, be helpful, maybe if they don't have all the tools they want. So let's jump into it. First off, what do you want to say in your history? In in the history of, um, so from the day you got your first headache or migraine, and even prior to that, uh, to the, the day that you are sitting in front of that provider and communicating with them, your story. What is important? Now, the reason we're going to go over this is because many providers don't actually ask the right questions. And let me back up here. As we're going through this, we are a headache and migraine specialty clinic. And we do hit on a major component that a lot of people are dealing with when it comes to headaches and migraines, an overlooked component. And we feel like we are getting better and better at what we do. But do not take this podcast as if we have it all together. Uh, 
Um, this podcast is intended to be helpful on some principles that we strive to accomplish each and every day, um, but that we want you to apply when you're out there searching for a provider. All right. So first off, the history. So this is your story. During a visit, there are um, key elements of a patient history that we see that will pop up. And many times we're the first per, we're the first provider to actually ask the questions to get the answers and then make those connections. Now, what are the connections that I'm talking about? The connections might be if there is any sort of whiplash injury, if there was a history of things like gymnastics or dance or uh, maybe more contact, physical sports, things that may have one increased risk for having, it doesn't have to be a major event, but even minor neck traumas. So we see it very commonly. I've said this before on the podcast in young females that are involved in dance or gymnastics, just the movements that they put their bodies through can sometimes be tough on the neck uh, because the neck is constantly having to accommodate to the the 10 or 12 pound head. It's kind of like managing the bowling ball while you're doing the flips and things like that. Okay. Not say that's always bad, but something to to think about. So making the connection there, if it started when you were a little girl, um, what were your activity levels? So that's important in the history to, to connect for your provider. If you had a traumatic injury, a whiplash injury, uh, maybe we've had people for some reason, it's, it's not frequent, but Um, It's happened multiple times where people have fallen off horses in their past. Uh, Whatever it might be, a sport injury, you want to state that. Even if it was like a year or two or several years before, you want to let them know that there is some sort of head or neck trauma in your past. You also want to think very hard about the time frame because oftentimes providers, if there's an injury to the neck or the head, And then months or years go by, um, and then you start getting headaches or migraines. They won't necessarily make that connection. And so one of the things to bridge the gap in there, especially if if you feel like your neck is a problem, if, um, if you have restricted neck movement, if you have neck pain, it's important to say, I had an injury to my neck, uh, and then it feels like that injury never resolved and now I have headaches or migraines, okay? So make the connection for them. Give them permission to make that connection. Give them permission to think of this as a neck problem uh, because a lot of what they've been taught or a lot of the, I guess, social pressures from um, the medical world is that this shouldn't be a neck problem. And so you want to make it very clear that they have permission to see this as a neck issue or a jaw issue or shoulder tension or uh, whatever musculoskeletal problem might be underlying here. All right. So if your neck feels restricted with movements, you want to say that. So if you turn your head all the way to the right and all the way to the left and you look up and down and tip your head side to side, just this morning, I had a, an evaluation and we just went through range of motion and it was side bend left, side bend right. Do you feel a difference? That's all I asked. And the patient said, wow, I, I can't move my head to the left. No one's ever asked me to do that. I've never really noticed that. And that sort of thing, if, if you do that right now and you notice it, and then you go into your doctor's office and you say, my neck feels restricted. My neck feels like it needs some work. And I know that there's a connection between the neck and head pain. um, And I'd like to pursue that connection. Okay. So that's important that your neck feels like it has a problem. 
All right. Did you, uh, did your symptoms start around the time you had a neck injury or a head trauma? Um, so we talked about that, this, the sports, um, as a kid falls, um, these can clearly point to the neck as well. Um, do you have triggers that involve sitting, uh, certain postures, certain activities? Okay. So again, we're trying to draw a connection to a musculoskeletal problem. Um, when you sit on the couch with your neck in a weird position, do you feel like that irritates your headache or your migraine? Um, do you, when you do certain activities, maybe you're doing like overhead press or you're doing a hard workout at the gym and you just feel like tension builds up in your shoulders and your neck, say those things, say like, it, it feels like there's a connection to neck and shoulder tension. And depending on what I do throughout the day, it will increase, or I could sort of manage it, or I can predict that it's going to come. One of the big ones is sitting at your computer. If you sit at your computer and you're, you have uh, I mean, even if you have good posture, this could happen, but, um, if you're sitting at a computer and you're kind of hunched forward, this is very easily going to be able to connect you, your posture to your headaches and migraines. So if, as the day goes on, this is very common with our patients. If the headaches ramp up, um, and, and you have a desk job or you're more sedentary during the day, then that's going to be more of a postural thing. Meaning we can connect that to your neck. We can connect it to your shoulders. We can connect it to your jaw. Um, there's stress placed on the musculoskeletal system when you're in that position. And so we want to indicate to the provider that we're seeing this connection. We see a connection here. This is permission for you to help me solve this problem. <clears throat> Do you have pain in the morning? Mention that. Uh, do your symptoms seem to onset in the morning, uh, right? When you get out of bed, do you have pain in your temples? That could be your jaw, your temporalis muscle, your clenching or grinding at night. And then that leads to this headache in the morning. Maybe you feel, um, maybe you, you're chipping your, your tooth or your teeth are worn down and you're wanting to find someone that can help you correct that. Okay. Now, the reason that you need to say these things is because there are a lot of assumptions that are made within healthcare. And one of those assumptions are we as providers oftentimes want to be in our safe space, meaning there's certain things that we're comfortable doing and there's other things that we're not so comfortable doing. All right, so the default in life, I mean, gravity pulls us down. And if gravity's pulling us in the direction of like, we're just gonna have our migraine patient come in, we're gonna sit him down, we're gonna prescribe this medication, and then I'm gonna move on to my next patient, okay? Um, that's the easy approach. It's just, it's it's how they get paid. It's how insurance reimburses. That's, they actually get incentivized to use less time rather than more time. So anyway, um, you want to give them permission um, to acknowledge these things. And, and then what'll happen is they'll kind of feel like, oh, um, yeah, I, they'll, they'll feel like they're helping you solve the problem. But if you don't give them permission to draw those connections, likely they won't. Um, and this may be confusing, but Asking these questions and getting deeper and deeper is something that providers typically either they don't have time to do, um, or they've just they they haven't been in the practice of doing it, and so it doesn't happen. Um, and so, drawing those connections for them is is very very valuable. All right, so I'll give you an example. I this is a personal story of mine. Um, I've I've seen several dentists throughout my life. Um, probably 10 plus different dentists that I've seen. And I, growing up, would get cavities all the time. 
um, it, it frustrated me. I had, I have good dental hygiene, brush my teeth and I floss, uh, regularly. I, I do not eat, I do not drink soda. Sugary drinks are, are not in my regular diet. Um, and so all of the things that are just like, don't do this, don't do this. I, I was complying. I was a good patient in that regard, but I would still get cavities. Okay. Now, fast forward to four or five years ago, I'm sitting in the dental chair. One of the hygienists goes, oh, um, I, I don't remember exactly the conversation, but I think I asked her, do you see signs of wear on my teeth? And her response was, oh, yes, definitely. Meaning that this should be obvious, like it's an obvious issue, but no one had said it. No one had said it. I actually had to probe and ask the question of, do you see this problem in my mouth? And the response was yes. Okay. And then it was, well, what is that normal? Or should we do something about it? And then her response is, well, that's not normal. And, and what happened was we went down this road of actually treating that, but the, the easy and straightforward and, and the thing to do with the scheduled appointment that I had in, in the cleaning was not to step back and think outside the box in that session. And so these are, it's, it's a very good provider. And so there's nothing necessarily, um, that was intentional in avoiding these questions. It's just the way the system set up. And so I had to actually probe. And then what happened was I realized that my, the way my teeth were contacting each other was actually wearing down the enamel. So um, in my mind, likely these cavities that kept popping up were from the clenching and grinding at night, which was wearing on my teeth. I was actually like chipping my my tooth. And, and so I've gone to see Dr. Goals, who we had in the podcast. I'm going through his process to help correct that. Potentially there's an airway issue. There's all these other things that if I didn't um, kind of speak up and go down this road, I would not have found. Now, it doesn't mean that I needed to find, well, in a sense, I need to find a different, different provider as in Dr. Goals, but the the provider that was sitting in front of me had the ability to help. I just needed to give them permission to take that step. The information was in there, in, in their head. It was back, it was back there from, uh, it's just, they're not using it on a regular basis. And so it, it takes a little bit of probing. Okay. So how to advocate for yourself. There's different questions you can ask. Um, one of those might be, um, I'm looking for a provider that can provide me with an alternative treatment, like outside of medication. And then you ask them, what do you have to offer outside of medication? Or can you refer me to someone that may be more equipped to treat this in a non-medication approach? Okay. So Rather than assuming that all they're going to do is provide you with medication, let's give these providers a chance because they may actually want that, but they just don't know. Um, they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to take the jump to that. And so you're going to give them permission and see what happens. You can ask the question, what is our plan to wean from medication as I look for a solution to what seems to be a neck issue because my, my neck really seems to be driving this problem. And so what you're doing there is you're showing them, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm full, I'm fully willing to take the medication, but I know that there's something else that needs to be treated and maybe they will open up and say, well, yeah, um, I agree. Here's, here's what we can do for the neck or here's what the weaning process looked like, looks like. Um, you can ask, have you worked with patients that have successfully been able to wean from their medication? If so, what approach did you use? So this is getting in the mindset that they might have. Um, what other treatments were you utilizing in that process? Meaning is, do they even have a mindset of like 
getting people off medication or is medication the only thing um, that they're providing and then all of their patients are just staying on it. Um, oftentimes I feel lost or frustrated um, that they can't help me like they would like. So that, so providers um, will feel this sense of frustration when, when they can't necessarily help you to the extent uh, that they know you need to be helped. Um, and so they will feel helpful if, again, if you connect the dots for them, if you ask, uh, if you say, hey, like, here's all these connections to my neck, I feel like I need a neck provider, um, I'm willing to take the medication, but we also need to find an underlying problem, um, how can you help me in that? And they might actually light up and say, yeah, like, like this sounds great, I want to go on this journey with you, that's, that's a sign of a good provider. All right, questions to get to know your provider. So this is sort of like an interview. If you were to look at some basic principles that we want any type of provider to have, I think that there are certain answers that we're looking for when we ask these questions, okay? So what is your approach to migraine treatment? Okay, when you ask that question, if it's just a like medication and avoid triggers and that's it, that might be a little too narrow-minded. Uh, there might be a, another follow-up question or, or what, what about outside of that? You can ask, what is your understanding of a migraine? Um, with this, we there's sort of a spectrum. On one end of the spectrum, they might be very, very confident that it's a chemical problem that needs to be treated with pharmaceuticals. I would say that's sort of a sign that the provider's not going to be open-minded enough and, and they're having confidence where maybe they shouldn't have as much confidence because uh, there's really not much to, to back them up on those claims. The other end of the spectrum, the good side of the spectrum, I would say, is a, a provider that says, well, it's not well understood. Medication can be used as a treatment to manage symptoms, uh, to reduce the frequency and the intensity of your symptoms, but ultimately there's a lot of alternatives that I think we should try as we go on this journey of solving this problem for you. That would be like, wow, this is amazing. Someone that's helpful, someone that's not um, stuck in one mindset. Okay. Have you had success treating migraines? What was the approach? So past experience will oftentimes predict how they're going to work with you. So have them give you examples of other patients um, and how they treated them. And specifically, if your goal is to not treat this only with medication, then you want to see that they've done that before. Um, What other treatments do you send your patients out for? So what other referral sources are they using? Um, And this will will tell you if, if, I guess you could probably trace this back to like a humility component, if they're willing to admit that they don't have all the answers and so they're utilizing other people. Um, what can I expect the medication that you prescribe to do? Meaning you're asking them this medication that I'm taking, I need to understand it. And, um, is there an underlying cause that it's actually treating? Of course, the answer there should be no. Um, if they're saying, yeah, it's treating the cause of your migraines then yeah, I would, I would probably just find a different provider. Um, how important is diet and exercise? And this is a big one. So how, how open-minded are they when it looks at total health? So how important is diet and exercising? What do you recommend? How do you take people um, through just how to be healthy? What does it mean to be healthy to you? Those are, those are big questions that will give you good insights. 
All right, so summary for what type of providers we are looking for. Um, it's really an open-mindedness, someone who is not missing the forest for the trees, meaning they're not stuck uh, just in their one element of what they do, sp specifically when it gets to medication because it's a big problem um, where they're they're sort of like stubbornly holding on to this idea that it's a chemical issue and that it needs medication and that you're never going to get out of it and this is a disease. Um, that's a really... It's a really sad and hopeless place to be. Um, and so we want people that are willing to go outside of that. Okay, so here's here's a, an example, okay? So let's take knee pain. Knee pain, if you see, um, for example, a primary care doctor, someone who's looking at like the chemical level of inflammation, they'd say, okay, well, this is an inflammation issue. Let's um, get you an anti-inflammatory. And then maybe you, you talk to the orthopedic surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon says, well, your cartilage is worn down. And so, um, this is a cartilage issue and potentially we need surgery, but, it, but it's definitely your cartilage that's causing the problem. And then maybe you go see your, your physical therapist and your physical therapist says, well, you see your new, your knee should move like this and your patella, it has more stress through it than it should. And so this is really a knee issue. And, and then there's some issues with, with your hip and sort of functionally, um, there's added stress to your knee. Um, but when in all reality, the problem is probably um, that you've become more sedentary and you're not moving as much as you should. And you have to look at overall health and understand what, what that means. Now, you can look at things like migraines as like a chemical issue that just need medication to sort of mask the symptoms, or we can take the approach of looking at overall health and trying to understand big picture the environment, like how healthy is your body to experience pain, meaning some people are very unhealthy and so they're not equipped to handle even a little bit of this issue, whereas others are very healthy and then they just have this migraine problem. And so what's the actual source of pain that's causing it? And understanding that there are all these elements to it uh, and whether that's the source of pain, how we experience pain. Um, emotionally stress level, uh, what does our airway look like? When we bite, um, do, are our teeth contacting each other appropriately? Do we have jaw tension that develops from that? Do we have a visual? So all of these things, okay? So my point is that we don't want to miss the forest for the trees. We want providers that are willing to work with others um, and, and step outside what, if, what they know that can be helpful um, and see if they're willing to help you along this journey. So they don't have to know everything, but they need to have an attitude that shows that they want to help and they're willing to go on this journey with you. I would say that's a sign of a good provider. Um, the broader they think, the broader they're willing to go, the more they're willing to maybe admit that they don't have all the answers and they're willing to work to help you find those answers. That's what you want. Um, and so you, in, in that, some more practical tips. So oftentimes that that might mean that you go outside of insurance. Most of the providers in this area in Colorado Springs that have this mindset um, do not work with insurance. And so it makes them very good at their job. Uh, it's not necessarily like going out of insurance that makes them good at it, but it frees them up. They're, they were already of that mindset and, and being outside of insurance frees them up to practice in a way that's truly helpful to you. Um, and so there's, there's kind of my plug. You don't, it's not as if like everyone that works outside of insurance will work like this. Uh, but oftentimes that is um, where you will find these providers. And so don't limit yourself to an in-network provider. Um, don't limit to yourself 
Um, I mean, if someone you've had a relationship for a while doesn't match this or it's not getting you where you want to be, um, then maybe it's fine time you find a different provider. But I would say in general, um, we want to people want to help. They want to help you because it makes their job easier. They don't want the stress of like, oh, my patients are getting better. They want you to get better. And so in general, we want to help them get you better. And if there's a connection here to the neck, which there is, we want to draw, we want to connect those dots for them. And I think um, some cool things can come about from it. All right. So this is how to talk to your provider. Thank you for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do.